Blog Talk Radio. What's up, UK? What's up, Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, Italy, Tokyo, Japan? All the seasoned listeners to this craziness, this madness. Allow me to tell you this factoid for you. Wrestle Radio Network is now 60 listens away, all time listens, that is, to hitting 4,000 all time listens. So if you want to relive the madness or re-listen to episodes like Annie Cage, Young Bailey, Minnie Bailey, that is, Izzy, uh, or Minnie Sasha, I suggest you can go to iTunes or you can just change the episode free. I don't charge yet. <laughs> Anyways, i got a lot to discuss tonight on tonight's show. Well, maybe just a little bit. Uh, AEW, which debuts in two days. The Wednesday Night Wars. Gotta love them, right? Anyways, to help me along with the show tonight on Wrestle Radio Network, please welcome to the show, Lady Lynn. Hey, yo, B-Train, what's happening? Well, you know, it, it felt a little bit odd tonight, um... On Monday Night Raw, there's a familiar face, Jerry the King Lawler, and also another familiar face to some fans, Vic Joseph, who also does NXT UK. I guess they're trying to change the outlook of Monday Night Raw. No Renee Young, no Corey Graves. And I think Renee Young, from what I've understood, has taken kind of a part-time gig at FS1 on FS Sports. You know, it's not that, you know, not that she cannot do the duties on Monday Night Raw. It's maybe she had a better opportunity type thing. But some of you may be wondering why I'm focused in on the commentary. Explain why. I have no idea who the dude who replaced Graves and also possibly Renee Young. They're giving it a new look. I know, folks, that I should not be focused on the commentating team. But you do realize who helps tell, helps push the story along. I'm not opposed to Jerry Lawler or Vic Joseph. But the oddball out is it's just like having Patrick uh, McPhee or McAfee or whatever, the uh, former Indianapolis Colts kicker. I, I, I must say, Lady Lynn, it was very odd. 
to say the least, to get through three hours of programming with those three commentating. It was pretty odd, D-Train, and at the same time, it was kind of a little bit like a blast from the pla- bleh, blast from the pack, especially with Jerry the King Lawler on commentary once again. That's a rare treat for us wrestling fans nowadays. Don't you agree? I mean, I miss Jerry Lawler not because of the yoo-hoo's and puppies, you know, that, okay, I I like Jerry Lawler because he was the commentator that posed a lot of the viewpoints of Jim Ross and a lot of the viewpoints of Mr. McMahon in the early days. Um, Jerry took some time off uh, for personal reasons, which we're not going to discuss on air, but he's back. That's the main thing. So, you know, folks, the matches tonight weren't the problem. It's the stories and the confusion. Okay, Lana comes back at the end of Monday Night Raw, and then the theme comes out. Is it too much for our eyeballs to conceive, you know, what's going on? No. It's you put one story into effect. She doesn't show up. Now you make her show up, and it's Lashley and Lana. Like, honestly, I think that might have given Lashley's character a little bit of flavor. Why am I going backwards? Well, I'll tell you why. Lesnar, i get to Lashley and Lana later in that whole bullshit. Uh, so you had, let's see, Ricochet versus Cesaro. Because Cesaro said that he wanted to be the one to attack Dominic. He didn't think what Lesnar did earlier on to begin the night when Rey Mysterio was saying, I'm going to dedicate it to my son, but not just my son, my family. <clears throat> Mi familia es importantes. We get it. But this story, you know, took a turn for the worst, especially since Dominic got heaved from the barricade to the floor, you know. Give a little flavor to Monday Night Raw, they say. Flavor was not, you know, giving it flavor was not the issue. It's just the commentating. They saw a lot of people complained about Michael Cole. And I probably, you know, will not delve into that too much. But it's kind of odd with the three-person team that they replaced Renee Young, Corey Graves, and Michael Cole with. Because Lawler, his very first appearance in a very long time on Monday Night Raw, had to feature... You know, quite a bit of um, ad-libbing because King, you know, he's very good. He's a very studious commentator despite what some people think of him in the past. And um, evidence of that was the AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander match. Um, as the title says, the sealing out process as a fan with WWE. I've stayed a fan for a very long time. And I realize AEW is coming out on TNT. Folks, if, if you, uh, <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, I will find stuff to nitpick at, not just because, but um, I'm not trying to be all too negative. I just want to point out what I notice. And I and Lady Lynn notice that, you know, there's something missing next to Jerry Lawler when he calls Matt so that he can focus entirely. Now he has, he has Vic Joseph 
but I don't think that Joseph is going to maybe come out with a catchphrase like Marino, but my God Almighty, as God is my witness, he is broken in half. You all know who I'm referring to. Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler were iconic. Not to, to confuse it with those two Barbie dolls that were deep fried in shrimp sauce, the Iconics. <laughs> what I'm referring to is <clears throat> Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross dominated the Monday Night Wars. Now, yeah, things are a little different in wrestling. You've got to adjust with the times, as the famous saying goes. Um, as I said, you guys think that fans won't have something to nitpick with with this WWE? Think again. It's not the matches. It's just we're trying to feel you guys out, okay? It's not that we don't appreciate the fact that you're giving us matches instead of promos. Thank God for that. Because sometimes the promos, though, that you trickled in, like the backstage segments, what in the fuck? I mean, I don't... Like I said, you think I don't have anything to nitpick at? Think again. I mean, not too much bad. I mean, I get it. You know, little tidbits here and there. Lacey versus Natalia. Wow. Okay, I get it. They're trying to build a story, so you don't want to rush the, the baby face victory with Natalia. We get it. Well, some of us do from that aspect, but you know what? Boy, one women's match on the card. Again, I get it. You don't want to jeopardize Sasha Banks versus Becky. Smart thinking. Smart thinking, yeah, but I, yeah, kind of feel like it was a bit of a step backwards in the women's evolution, if you get what I mean. You know, they only got yeah. one yeah. match and a backstage promo. I mean, I get why, Lady Lynn, I get why you're upset, and I hear where you're coming from. Um, I think I can kind of grasp why they did what they did, but still, I mean, it does make the fans a little upset, you know, they didn't have, like, well, I don't know, at least a solo competition with Becky and some, not scrub, but an opponent, nonetheless, that she's familiar with. I think I would have rather seen, well, something that doesn't make sense, but, okay, Becky versus Lacey Evans. You want someone to make you look good before the event. I understand. You know, the women are a complete evolution. And, yeah, it was one match that really, I don't know, guys. I'm not trying to be mean to Lacey or or take anything away from Natalia. God bless her soul. You know, she's one of the main pioneers in this women's revolution. And she, you know... Positive influence, if you will, to all the young ladies across not just the states but around the world. Uh, but see, my thing is okay, so 
you had a very basic match between Lacey Evans and Natalia. And you know something that really makes me smile and puts a smile across my face? They're building a feud on top of building a feud. And what do I mean by that? You, <laughs> for the last three, four weeks, have been building, building Lacey and Natalia as if it were a WrestleMania match. And who knows, maybe it might become one. I don't know. But like you said, Raw wasn't bad. It just, the feeling out process as a fan starting to get kind of, um, not redundant, but we've been trying to feel out what version of WWE you guys are trying to present to us. And we're not trying to psychoanalyze this shit, but, oh God, man, can you guys stick to a fucking story and not... Overdo it to the point where fans are going to be like, by the time it comes to pay-per-view. Okay? Like, Bray Wyatt and The Fiend, I love the fucking interference that he runs every single end of every match. You know, and the maniacal laughter he's recording, the sudden power shortage, you know, in the arena. Fucking love that. What I... What I'm not a fan of is, okay... The women's few, no, no, that can't be it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the placement of certain superstars. Shinsuke Nakamura, who should not just be an intercontinental champion, but should have gotten an opportunity at the Universal Championship a long time ago. Samoa Joe, I get it. You know, he's a part of SmackDown Live. And Crown Jewel's coming up. Oh, how I... Forgot about that pay-per-view that you guys hold in India, you know. Now that India is one of your clientele, but Lady Lynn and I, we will be in attendance at the Royal Rumble in 2020 in January in Houston. And we like to know if this bullshit is going to continue, not bullshit, but if this uh, constant roller coaster of confusion in some instances, like... Not just the placement of Shinsuke Nakamura, but also is Sami Zayn hurt? Is that why he became a manager? Is is AJ Styles incapable of becoming a world heavyweight champion again? Is that why he's the United States champion? I have a lot of questions, and I know that I won't get direct answers. But <laughs> if you built up Bray Wyatt for him to fucking fail again, I'm going to throw um, – no, I'm not going to throw something at the TV – I'm just going to have a lot to talk about and discuss on the following Monday or the Tuesday or the Wednesday, whenever whenever I see fit. Because did the same shit with him and, you know, uh, John Cena. So we understand that you couldn't – I guess we have to go in retrospect and understand that that was the time then and this is a better time when everyone's pushing for him to become a champion. But, you know, question looms, are they just building him up or setting him up to fail? Because I don't know about how many times I've asked this question. What, you know, what about Braun Strowman? What about um, Samoa Joe? Why not? The, the list of stars, go, you know, keeps growing in question marks. Why not Shinsuke Nakamura? Why not Finn Balor? 
Because I guess it's not what the company wants, that the audience doesn't adjust to them. Come on. They know who they are from NXT. Some people, you know, some people do not. But I don't know, Lady Lynn. I think that what really bugs me is Monday Night Raw constantly goes through change, and that's not a bad thing, but some of the changes that have been made, you know, because somebody had a personal career uh, decision to make, and that was Renee Young. But I just, I would like consistency, man. And it's very, I get the time adjustment, you adjust with the times, go with the flow type thing. My problem is it hurts my head to watch WWE Raw sometimes. So, sorry, folks, if I seem all over the place, it's just that's my thought process on tonight's show. Oh, <laughs> the Tag Team Championships match was not bad. Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler versus Heavy Machinery, Otis Dojovic, and Tucker Knight. Now, that was an actual decent match. I did not, I don't normally care who goes over and whatnot. But, you know, what a yawn. What I do care about is what kind of show they're presenting to the fans. And if it's always going to be 50-50 booking style, um, just going to point this out here. You might want to consider bringing, you know, the mains to the table that can put on a show no matter where you're at. Because if you don't, Fans are going to notice, and they're going to jump ship. Some of the bandwagoning fucks, that is. So, I'm not totally, I'm not totally against Monday Night Raw tonight. I just, I just hope that you guys continue presenting a show in which the entire audience, not just a quarter of it, or maybe not even a half, isn't what you're presenting. Because tonight, like I said, tonight was not bad. Obviously, they grabbed, they hooked a lot of people with, oh, I can't believe Lana come back. Holy fuck. She's with Lashley. That's almighty. Hey, Lynn, I got to Okay, so, two, three hours. Out of those three hours, what stood out to you the most? Well, B-Train, out of the three hours of Monday Night Raw tonight, I think what jumped out at me the most, it had to be the Miz TV segment. Bringing back not only the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and the Hulkster, Hulkamania, Hulk Hogan, but then the reveal that they're going to have a five-on-five Team Flair versus Team Hogan match set for Crown Jewel, was it? Yeah. That really jumped out at me. And honestly, when the two entrance teams played, and especially Hogan being accompanied by the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, that was just 
I felt like it was 1990 and I was four years old again. I feel like the, you know, the nostalgia when Flair got in Hogan's face and he said, I'm just playing around. Let me just, um, let me just point out, okay, Ric Flair has been around for four generations, and when I say four generations, that man has been just all over, you know, the world and, and the states, and now he's you know back on TV just just briefly, and now they're having Survivor Series like match I believe in uh, not October obviously next month in crowd at Crown Zero. So I gotta say something. I think it was you know odd that Rusev instead of Rollins. Our partners, considering they're both on Team Hogan, and back in the day, a guy like Rusev would probably not be in Hogan's best interest. But, you know, like you said, times are changing. And, you know, we must adjust the times. Just two times. Here's why. I believe the WWE did a great service to the fans with that segment, and I'm thanking the Lord that it wasn't terrible because normally those segments tend to go a little bit astray with WWE, but they did a great job with it. So, mad props to you. And here's the deal <laughs> My madness I believe Tonight's show made me think Fuck Sometimes I don't have enough breadcrumbs For the ride home Then other times it's like fuck yes This is why I watch wrestling And that segment The Miz TV segment tonight Made me believe that Living in my past Is not such a bad idea In some instances and Reminiscing, that's a better term. Reminiscing. And reminiscing about Hogan. But let's be honest, folks, I was not a Hogan fan back in the day. I was more of the oddball that liked The Undertaker, Jake the Snake, Ultimate Warrior, not so much, but Jerry Lawler, Jim Cornette. Vader, Yokozuna. Some of you may be wondering what that means. That means I was not too crazy about the man in red and yellow, and because, well, that's okay. It's going to sound cheesy to say. I believe anything red and yellow is evil, including the Kansas City Queeps, because. Let's just face it. I mean, I know Hogan as much. At least Hogan wins championships. I'll throw that out there. Yeah, I said it, Granny. I said it. (laughs) Now, 
Angel Fishes. Back to professional wrestling. You want to talk about a segment that brought history back? I'll say the most I remember from Flair and Hogan was their days in WWE and also their days in WCW. I can recall there was one episode with Macho Man, Randy Savage, Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and Hulk Hogan. That's how old we are, folks. And if you don't believe us, you can look it up on YouTube. There is an actual episode where somebody was not going to get their property taken down unless there's something that went through. So Hogan went one-on-one with Ric Flair and also Vader. That's a handicap match. But the point is, these two have had a lot of history. And for them to sit there in the ring, yeah, Ric Flair did get a little personal, but that's the nature boy. He doesn't forget. I've been hearing your music for 30 years. That's a long time, folks, to be saying you've heard someone in music. I know that Rick's not the greatest singer of all, but 30 years of hearing Hogan's music, gee, believe it. And then, you know, of course, the plethora of brothers that was used. Not surprised there at all. <laughs> that was kind of the thing when we were kids, though, wasn't it, B-Train? I mean, yes. It Well, yeah, it was because where I lived, if Hogan was on the marquee, you always as a kid wanted to see the best. Well, I guess I can say this on air. My uncle was fortunate enough to see Hogan WrestleMania, the very first WrestleMania, folks. Some of you may not believe this, but it's true. Oh, it's damn true. Little Mania story for you, because believe it or not, folks, Mania's coming up soon. So, we'll be telling, you know, memories of WrestleMania's past and also current manias, because there are a lot of bad ones that have surfaced lately, and there's also good ones. The last one, Mania 34, actually, yeah, Mania 35, God bless you, that was the best mania in a while, Mania 29, and the manias before that. Uh, And practically, you know, this story is going to sound really funny, my uncle used to try taxis in New York, and someone gave him a WrestleMania ticket, and it was the old-fashioned thing that looked like someone wrote on a yellow paper type ticket. It said WrestleMania 1 featuring Liberace and the Rockettes, Muhammad Ali as a special guest referee. You had Mr. T and Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. So my uncle said, are you sure you don't want to go, oh, I, you know, I'm in town only for a little bit, and I don't want to see some crummy wrestling show. Well, let me inform you, mystery man who I don't know that sat in my uncle's taxi cab back then, you missed out on a lot of good show. You didn't know that WrestleMania was going to be historic, but that's, you know, Aside from the point, 
But, you know, Hogan, he sold out a lot of arenas and venues. But, you know, so did Ric Flair. And those two were in the ring tonight. It was explosive. It was nice. See the nature boy, you know, being his old boisterous self, especially what he said to Hogan in response. He goes, I've heard you music for 30 years. I'm sick and tired of you. Well, anyways, folks, before I start the madness, I'm off the rails uncensored. If you haven't already done so, you can get your 30-day free subscription on the WWE Network by going to WWE.com. Now, it only streams through certain devices, such as Apple TV's 4s, <coughs> the Xbox One, not the Xbox itself. It will stream also through PS4 and certain other devices of your laptop and desktop is available. You may stream the content down there. It's free, folks. It is free for one whole month. If you do not have you know, means of paying it through a debit or credit card, you can do so by picking up a WWE preloaded card, which will load three months of exclusive content more than just WWE. You can take a look at ICW, WCW, Progress Wrestling, Ring of Honor, New Japan. The list goes on and on. CZW, Dragon Gate. Smoky Mountain Pro, WCCW, WCW, NWA, AWA. The the content is unlimited. Diddy Ling, would you like to tell our audience where they can find their preloaded WWE cards? Certainly, B-Train. You can find preloaded WWE cards at your local GameStop, Best Buy, 7-Eleven, Dollar General, Walmart, And other store, other stores where they where gift cards are found. All right, folks, you heard it first. If you haven't already subscribed to the WWE Network, do so now because your first thirty days are free. And trial run of nine dollars and ninety nine cents. That's cheaper than NFL Network or any other network, and you know, on an app for that matter. That is so. Just be sure to subscribe. Also, folks. The Bleacher Report app is stating that they will show AEW pay-per-view. So if you're interested in AEW, go and give them a check. You'll give them a shout. Give them a ch- you know, general checkout, you know. Unfortunately, you know, their pay-per-views cost $50. Is it worth it? Or do you not want to see them? It's all up to you, folks. WWE, AEW. Oh, and uh, warning. The next... 28 minutes of this show's going to feature explicit content. I cannot guarantee that your children will not get in trouble when it comes to the content of my show. So I suggest if you have small children, put them down to sleep. Do not let them listen to my rambling rants, which include curse words or, yeah, as I said, explicit content. I also do not own the rights to Glasgow Cross. Nikki Cross is interesting for WWE. Likes and trademarks are all rights reserved. Go straight to World Wrestling Entertainment. Any use of reproduction 
of said theme for Glasgow Cross and Cross and NXT and current WWE main roster will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I, Brian Wills, hereforth understand the terms and conditions that have just been read aloud. All right, enough of the uh, rules that have been written and read aloud. Time for my rambling rants and a roller coaster of emotions to ensue. No, I don't bring milk and cookies. I think that's a little bit too PG. I bring chaos, popcorn. Well, you have to add butter to some popcorn. I'm just going to be seeing. No, no, no. I bring controversy and chaos. That's kind of a foregone conclusion with the title. Like, off the rails and censored. Hit my music in the truck, monkeys. Dig it. have been repeating that AEW is making their debut October 2nd. Does that mean it spells trouble for World Wrestling Entertainment? No, what that means is competition's coming. And no, they're not anything like WCW once was. But let's see what the title... Oh, yes. The feeling out process as a fan with WWE. That's not a good or bad title that's just an in-between emotion feeler, if you will. Are shows supposed to be 50-50 booking? Depends on, you know, what kind of night WWE wants you to experience. Feeling them out as a fan now is like pulling fucking teeth. In some instances. Not all, some. We asked for no promos. We got no promos. We asked for less talking and more matches. Sorry for the yawn again, but a segue match, you know, like got two guys are talking in the back. So Ricochet and Cesaro, which some people may be saying they're burying him. I don't think what they're doing is burying him necessarily. But to have him lose against Ricochet, a guy that stuck a finger up his bum, I'll never, I, I can't really, dude. I don't normally mention shortcomings, personal shortcomings, that is, unless you really, really piss me off. Here's why. A guy that got, you know, in trouble for dragging his wife to the vehicle. We don't know the whole story about Rich Swan. We do know a little bit about Leo Rush, how he became an annoyance in the locker room area. 
to the main roster. Not even Lashley was accustomed to liking him. But what I'm getting at is it's still very strange that a company that's very prestigious does not give any kind of reprimand. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. And now he gets a universal championship shot in the future um, because he's a flippy, flippy guy. He probably won't be even touched discipline-wise. Is that any of my business? No. To have Cesaro, you know, constantly losing with the likes of, you know, like Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura, luckily, they found an outlet for him with Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens now has to face the boss's son. So, you know, you kind of have to feel it out, if you will, the mode or the mood that WWE is trying to set for all of us. Are you trying to make us feel like elevator music? Because I'm falling asleep just trying to recap WWE Raw in order. Okay, that's why I went ass backwards because, well, the only way I figure would make sense. Because if the news reporters would just go backwards, I would laugh my tits off. (laughs) Today, you know, today this, you know, all right, let's do sports, shall we? Today the Giants kicked the crap out of the Redskins, blah, blah, blah. That's where I'm from, folks, in New York. And then 32-year-old man was caught stealing or burglarizing a home on Flatbush Avenue M. <laughs> you know how fucking funny that would sound if they they do sports first, then they go ass backwards, you know, start doing... Really weird, you know, story. And after that, you know, they go back and they do... A scientific breakthrough has now just been found in a piece of romaine lettuce. How, you might ask? No one fucking knows. It's just... The WWE goes backwards sometimes. It's like, um... It was nice to see Pyro for uh, The Miz, you know, in his segment. But what happened if Ricochet or, you know, I don't like him, but what would happen if Pyro was to go off with Lesnar? I mean, I'm excited that they brought the Pyro back. Is that the main focus of tonight's review? No. And off the rails uncensored, my focus is, okay, so, you know, viewing out. WWE right now is a thing. I just I I don't know exactly how we're supposed to react. I mean, we get told on the daily by certain workers that we should just watch the show instead of psychoanalyze or complain about it. When you are not and and I repeat, not a fan. Please do not tell the audience how to fucking feel. When we're trying to get a feel for your show, it may be something a little like this. What did you think of this match? What did you think of that match? I can already tell you, if some of you would approach us like that, 
it might make more sense for us because we're trying to get a feel for the show. We're not trying to be overly critical about one aspect of the show that we kind of like but wish could improve. Okay. So in other words, this should be one of those moments where Raw starts breaking away and starts kicking ass and taking names. They don't have to have a hardcore match between the women because I'm pretty sure Sasha's going to get her butt kicked. Maybe not. At Hell in a Cell, but it's not just the women. It's There's a lot of factors that key into this. And boy, let me tell you. I am one of those people that will watch a show for three hours and probably forget three quarters of it. Because why? I know someone's going to dig through and say, well, you said that you don't watch the full three hours. No, you're not wrong about that. But you guys try sitting you know, for three hours watching content. They gave us matches, so I guess that was positive. What else am I feeling out for? Oh, yes. I'm feeling out for the simple fact of feeling out for WWE because sometimes, like I said, they have real shit shows, and then the audience wonders why some people drop off the viewership map. It's because lack of audience, you know, lack of interest. There we go. Those are the that's one phrase I was looking for. Lack of interest. This show, no. Um, Lack of interest from shows in the past which failed on a larger scale. How you might ask? It was the premiere of WWE Raw on USA Network. Now, normally premieres feature several entertaining things, you know, and Hogan and Flair is probably entertaining. Miz's segment probably helped the show in viewership. But I got to check the fucking numbers because if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to just speak on it, you know, the announcement side of things. I know I should not be focusing on one particular segment, but, you know, the commentating team. I'm going to get around to discussing that aspect fairly, fairly, fairly recently because Lady Linus, I'm not mistaken, what was the third guy's name? I believe his name was Dio Madden. And I have never even heard of him at all. And I think that's part of the fucking problem. If you're in a scramble for an analyst, pick someone that the fans know, because if you don't, you're going to have a moment like Lady Lynn and myself did. 
And that's, we don't know who the fuck, you know, you guys are picking, but I can just tell you right now. It doesn't feel all that right. Especially when he he had three baby-faced commentators. King tried to defer an opinion and was more comedic. Big Joseph, we know, can be very serious, but on point with, you know, whatever the move names are. And let me just point this out for you. If you don't have a group of guys that can commentate, make the night go on by real fast, you're in trouble. Because in the matches, I have a harder time telling the fans a story if they're not, you know, with their familiar set of faces or, you know, a voice. Because Graves could just, you know, mouth off, but also keep focus on the competition that was going on inside the ring when the matches. And I'll give the guy a chance because some of you are saying, we'll give him a chance, you know, and we'll see where it goes. I ain't one of those people sometimes. I understand the guy is not nervous at all because he's like, oh, I went to school with Otis and I went to, you know, the trouble of going to school with so-and-so. It's like, my gosh. Sometimes during the matches, it was very hard. It was very hard to keep up with. It was. It was kind of hard to keep up with the matches. The commentators seemed like they were not all on the same page with one another, and that that made it a little bit difficult to keep up with the action in the ring. It does, you know, from speaking from experience, it listening wise to the fans that say listening to JR and Jerry the King Waller was easy. Yeah, because they had a nice ebb and flow to it. There's only two people. Am I complaining that there's new faces? No. I'm simply complaining because he went from Michael Cole to a complete no one. You couldn't have chosen Pat McAfee. I would have rather go with that dipshit than the dude they have now. It's like having Jonathan Coachman back on air. That's pretty much the extent of how bad things were, you know, when they were announcing. It just didn't feel to me like these commentators meshed well together. There was no flow or there was not much flow in their dialogue. Yeah, and I was going to say, they're not bad people. It just so happens, folks, when you watch professional wrestling, you have to have an ebb and flow from the commentary team in order to get the message across. You know, we're trying to tell a story, and, yeah, if, if Renee, Corey, and Michael were there, not, I don't really give two flying fucks about Michael Cole. Because the at, man... At least... 
because the man. Well, no, at least what? At least with those three, it was a smooth flow. With the three if you have three guys. baby yeah. if you have three huh. baby face announcers, it's not gonna fucking work. It's not gonna work well, I, at all. I shouldn't you have say to new, turn but... one of them. Well, I shouldn't if say you... three new faces because two of them weren't new, but new to working together, I suppose. Is what I was trying to say. I agree that if you have new faces, it's kind of hard for us to adjust. My biggest concern is, you know, okay, so we're supposed to watch the wonderful stories that the workers or the wrestlers are trying to tell you. I will but just, how can you do that when there is no smooth flow in the commentary? That's what I was going to say. Is like, okay, so you can't. Oh man, there's just so much, so much. To discuss as a pro wrestling fan. Do you know why that is? Because here's the thing. When you're a fan that listens to someone tell you a story, if you were to be blind and you were to close your eyes and say, okay, I can understand the match. You know, I understand what's going on. And you go from understanding to feeling so all out of fucking touch because there's nobody to oppose anyone's opinion. The sad part is they'll insist upon three people that don't mesh well. Now you have Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and Renee Young will contribute. So you have the first ever woman in WWE history. Now she's gone from Monday Night Raw. Again, I could give a fuck less about Michael Cole and his uh, sterling record, you know, as being a professional in this business. There's still a lot of times when he screws up. They say, well, could could you do any better? I guarantee you I could. Because I at least make the effort to know the wrestlers' moves before they get from NXT to Maine. And not only that, if you're at an all-women's pay-per-view and you manage to fuck up the genders when it's fairly obvious that those women wanted to tear each other apart, I mean... It just brings to light, you know, a lot of, you know, okay. It brings to light a lot of, you know, the miniature mistakes that WWE has currently made. And one of those was 
You know, things should just be cold and grace and Lawler. Because you made Jerry the King Lawler something that he's not been known to be. I mean, he's been a baby face before, but announcing when he was announcing from 93 up until a certain day when he went or fell out of touch with the company. But, you know, you're making Jerry the King Lawler look like a softie. And that shit pisses me off because he used to be the announcer that would oppose the viewpoints of the babyface color commentators. Now we're looking at a guy that is doing a lot of, ah, and, oh, no. So it sounds like a fucking Scooby-Doo cartoon dialogue-wise. And it doesn't make sense to have three babyface color commentators. What in the actual fuck are you trying to do to us? That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of, you know, feeling it out. Like, okay, maybe we had a sub, you know, subpar 50% booking show this week. Can we please get a show that, not just book, but commentating was? You need a fucking commentator that would oppose that view. David Otunga would be a great candidate instead of this dude that WWE just pulled up. Because he's an athlete. And I'm just saying, you know, folks, there has to be a point in time when you have to balance out your shit. Is it going to take time for all three announcers to get used to each other? Probably. But to put Vic Joseph on the spot instead of, some of you may ask why I say this, but Mauro Ranello, who would have been an excellent fill-in Imagine him and Jerry the King Lawler. uh, Yeah, some of you are saying it'd be like JBL. I don't fucking see that happening because, to be quite honest with you, JBL is legal, you know, and his legal sense of mind, yes, he was a bully towards Mauro Ranello. I don't see that problem. Hell, even JBL. Would have been a great choice because he opposes the viewpoints of everything correct in this world, you know, as far as fan base goes or whatever. I fucking loved it. There has to be a dynamic between the announcing. There's no dynamic whatsoever. You have a guy that's still trying to feel shit out, Jerry the King Waller, because he hasn't been there in so long. I'm assuming he does keep up with the company. Vic Joseph. You know, he kind of has a voice if you try and listen to him. But, big but, if the audience that's listening into your show is not feeling the connection, then you've already lost. Because, number one, uh, it was so hard to get through certain, seg- you know, matches. And I don't, and I don't think it was their intent to do that. But if you ask me, folks, before I wrap things up, because I'm starting to fade here. 
Please think before you put an announced team together. That's all I really have to say on the matter because I'm just going to repeat myself in a fucking loop. There's a lot of guys that say, well, if we... We're just going to have our match sold. We'll just tell it with the wrestling. <clears throat> no. You have to have a commentary team to make that shit come true. And if you're in the Indies, you get seldom lucky. You get very, very lucky if you have a uh, a good commentary team that can tell the fucking story like JR and Jerry the King Waller. Now you've got Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross and AEW side, and I need to explain this why I didn't make the description so long. Because, again, until they have their first match, until they draw first blood, I mean, they're not going to say anything in the AEW. Other than, I will be watching in October 2nd. There will be new times for the show Wrestle Radio Network. Wrestle Radio Network will always be going live at 12.30 Eastern, 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Okay. For Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'll be airing my podcast around 11 p.m. Actually, 12, central, 12 Eastern, 11 Central, right? All right, folks, that's, you know, that's going to do it from Juan because I'm starting to fade here. But if you didn't like what good old Brian Reels had to say, then you can take a sipping. You can, you know, try whatever you want. But I'm not backing down from what I just said because it's true. You need to have good commentating ability, and you also need to tell a fucking story. So... Most newsworthy story. Let's see. No, no, no. It's oh, no, no, no. Jeez, one again. Fuck that. <clears throat> if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, there it is. And I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. And Lady Lynn. And if you didn't like what Lady Lynn had to say, well, call me whatever you will, but don't call this lady crazy. Don't do it, folks. Don't. All right. Happy early first day of October. Sorry. One in the morning. Yeah, no wonder I'm fucking thing. All right. Happy October. Save the madness. Save the craziness, fuckers. Toodles, bitches. We got to sleep. Have a nice day, night, whatever. Happy wrestling. Mazel tov. Whatever. Good night. <laughs>